0: Yo yo, what's up, Chase? Welcome, welcome to lunch with the bros. It's our uh inaugural podcast, our inaugural show. So you gotta kind of bear with us. We might have a few uh hitches and glitches getting started, but uh our boys are jumping in here now. I see we got Adrian and Brian in the room. What's up, fellas?
1: What's going on? This is the first first one we are doing, we're doing
2: right. We got everybody in here.
0: No, nah, not yet. Oh, okay. Well, I guess and play we some of that.
2: that man, you should play some of that. Boy, drop some of that smoke guess when fall, We got man. um
0: Adrian and Brian. Here, why don't y'all give us a little uh, introduction about yourself, man? Tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, and good stuff.
2: Which one of y'all want to go first? Uh, what well, is Adrian, man? Uh, from uh DMD area, born and raised. Uh, what I do for work, I work in a high school. Um, it's a it's a low it's it, it's a it's it's a it's a great high school, but you know it's low-end kid, low income low 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 students uh, students that's that, that need a lot more attention than others. But I mean it's a great school that I work at. Okay, okay. What about you, Brian?
1: Oh, Brian Owens from Bull City, Durham, North Carolina. If you don't know where that what the Bull is, uh, born and raised. <laughs> I moved up to Maryland about five years ago um, in the medical cells right now, I'm doing great for my family, so it was a great opportunity for me, so
0: i happy to be here. That's good. That's good. I guess I might as well say a little bit about myself. I'm Chase Bullock, and I'm from the Bull City, too, uh, also known as Durham, North Carolina. Uh, I have been working in law enforcement for I want to say six going on seven years, and I have been knowing uh, Brian and Adrian almost half my life, man. I, and I, and a I guess decade, I consider you guys my brothers. And uh, I have a wife and two girls and a dog. Y'all oh, have her- to say something about y'all significant others. What about y'all? Oh, you can't, I you have can't
2: drop that. Go ahead, Brian.
1: Oh, uh, I have a beautiful wife, uh, who's my backbone. Um, she she's the ones that keeps me going every day. I have three beautiful kids: Brielle, Brian, and BJ. Um, Brielle's six, Brian's three, Braylon's two. Uh, another reason why I'm I'm doing what I do right now is for them and my wife.
2: All right, what about you, A? I'm recently married, just got married a month about a month ago. Uh, today actually is our first month of anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, congrats. Congrats. congrats, pretty crazy! One month down, hopefully, a lot more to go. But That's I was good. saying, I was saying, I think you should drop some D smoke for a second. Just oh, I still got it, there. I got it prepped, man, so I can
0: just. Play it when we get ready to transition, you know what I mean? From topic to topic. Um, but uh, the purpose of our podcast, what we want to do is just kind of talk about current issues that are going on in the U.S., things that are happening. Um, we normally talk on the phone every day, and we figured it'd be a good idea to come up with a podcast and just man, just be real and kind of put out there our thoughts and feelings and what's going on with us. So, um, we just recently celebrated father's day i believe it was yesterday and we want one of the main topics we wanted to touch on is uh fatherhood and what does fatherhood mean to you so i'll open up the floor and just let whichever one you guys want to go ahead and go first and we'll just go from there
1: i'll go first it's brian again Um, fatherhood means a lot to me um growing up without a father single-parent home my mom tried to do everything she could to try to be the man and the woman in the situation. But a lot of things I had to learn on my own as a man. Like I said before, I have three beautiful kids. That means the world to me. Uh, I would do anything I can for them. Um, the, I would say the best feeling in the world is, is being a father. I mean, it's the toughest job that you ever had, but it's also one of the greatest jobs you ever have to. When you come home and
2: you see them yelling your name, "Daddy, Daddy," that's a great feeling. Right. What about you, Adrian? I um, don't. So, uh, I don't have any kids right now. Hoping, hopefully, I can have some soon. Uh, like I said, just got recently married, so. But uh, you know, kind of just, you know, my dad growing up, my dad was in and out of jail, so it was, it was, a, it was. We had some tough times, but you know, I had, I had to. The luxury of having an older brother, and and my sister, um, my sister's husband, um, both of them kind of like you know just watch what they did, and they having them, they having children, and seeing what they how they how they was treating their kids, it just was a real big thing. Uh, it it just showed me a lot, you know, to where you know when I become a father, is to basically give my kids everything. I obviously, make them, make them work for some things, but you know just to be there for them.
0: All right, and um, I guess I'll finish up, man. You know, just just been thinking about this a lot lately lately and working in law enforcement, man. Um, Fatherhood is so important. You run into a lot of kids and people that come from broken homes um, where the father's not in the home, so they don't have any guidance or any leadership. And then I think, to me, that's why it's so big for us, and I've been talking a lot about it, Lately is being a mentor and and role modeling for kids and trying to um help these young folks get on the right track because you know at one time we all were like seventeen and eighteen, and we made a lot of uh, bad decisions and did things that that you know we're successful now, but we probably could have been more successful if we'd have had a little bit more guidance to a mentor. And so man i for me, fatherhood is a very big deal it's a very big topic and um i I feel like we need to do some things better to help in our community what do y'all think
2: of course man like i was about to say me working at a school you know i think that's one of the biggest things because it, it just shows me how like these kids depend on like father figures like They'll fight me to the like. They'll fight me about everything. Like, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, Coach Mo. No, oh, you're wrong, Mr. Mo. You're wrong, Mr. Mo. But you could tell they thriving off me to to give them back energy. You know, so they they looking for them outlets. They're looking for them male role models that's that's sticking in the community that that can be to be a powerful person. So I see myself sometimes almost like I feel like some of those kids that I work with are like my children because they see how much good I'm doing. And see, see him going in the right direction, and that that, that makes them empower themselves to, to let's say, hey, that's a black man; he's doing the right thing, so I can do the same.
0: Hey Moses, welcome to the podcast, man. Sorry you couldn't get on in the beginning. Uh, We're just talking about fatherhood, and I just wanted to run that question by you too, man. What do you? What does fatherhood mean to you? Oh Moses, let the
1: world know who
0: you are, man. Oh man, guys, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on
3: uh just a tremendous weekend we just had uh father's day weekend and uh fatherhood means uh pretty much everything uh i believe that uh having a father in the home it's really uh a pinnacle point in in the in the home of of children i believe that the father sets the tone for how the home is run and that the father is the is a big role model figure in the homes and uh uh, which is why um, I am, I'm so thankful for my father for how he was able to raise us and always be present and always, you know, step up to the plate and do what was necessary to make sure we had everything we needed to to succeed and to move forward. So uh, definitely big ups to all the fathers and all the fathers that have stepped up in people's lives to, to, to fill that void and to play that role. So, uh Without fathers, we would just be running around here aimlessly and lost, so uh, father figures are definitely a huge part in uh, in a child's upbringing and just in general.
0: Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Anything anybody else want to add before we kind of transition to the next topic? Tell us a little bit about you, Mo. You jumped in a little bit late. Tell us, you know, who you are, what you do, all that good stuff.
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, Moise foku here, uh, joining the podcast with some of my best buds. Uh, uh, currently in the uh, commercial real estate market, doing things from, you know, uh, acquisition to ground up construction. Uh, former NFL player for seven years. And, uh, you know, just a pleasure to be here and uh, share some word and break bread with my brothers. All
0: right. Well, we're glad to have you. So um what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play a little music as we prepare and transition to the next topic. Oh.
1: Seven pounds of flesh and best in a danger. Get your best free grind. It appears to a pay shop. Knife to a gun fight. I've got a few strike sea five. Stop like two rights on the bum top. And a cybers plus red Who blue told me pull over. I sure feel safe but expired plates on old Toyota means I can't afford to
0: pay tickets. All right, all right. Welcome back. All right, the next topic we want to touch on was kind of The pandemic and everything that's going on with the pandemic. What are you seeing? What are you dealing with? What's going on in in the community? So I'm gonna just open the floor up, and whoever wants to talk first can touch on that and their thoughts and feelings, and kind of go from there.
2: What what do you think, Chase? What do you think on it?
0: Um, I don't know, man. It's kind of been uh, me personally. When it first hit, I kind of felt like it was a fluke, man. I didn't, you know, I thought it wasn't as serious as the media was portraying it to be. I thought it was just, you know, your typical flu or pneumonia. um, And people that were dying from it were people that were already immunocompromised. Um, But. As we transition, and the numbers continue to grow, and more people continue to get sick man it's you know you can't run from the facts
2: you can't you can't you can't i think
0: I think this thing is a is a lot more deadlier than people believe it to be, and I think that it's gonna be here for a while It's not just something that's just gonna go away in a year. I think it's something that'll be around for the next three to five years, and it's something that we're going to have to deal with and transition and just try to overcome it. What do you guys think?
1: I just want to pick back off you, Chase. I, th- I think you got a great point there. Um, during this pandemic, uh, it's a scary time in the world right now. Um, you have a lot of people losing jobs. Unfortunately, um, things happen. Uh, it's scary. It's scary out in the world. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know what the future's going to hold. Uh, we just want to thank. I just thank God every day uh, to be healthy, uh, to have my wife and my kids very healthy. I'm just blessed.
2: Yeah, I kind of, I kind of thought it. I, I kind of thought it was real when, when I, I when I seen the first death in, in, inside the United States in February. As soon as that happened, I just and then the number. Then you, as, as time went on, you started to see more people get sick. You started to see the numbers go up. That's when I really thought. It's going to get crazy. Uh, So my wife is like real big into this stuff, and I have I have a sickle cell trait. So I'm very high. You know I'm very you know high. If I get it, you know I can I can easily die from it. So whenever whenever we start to talk about that, it opened my eyes up even more. You know what I mean? Like I started like thinking like dang like maybe I need to start practicing washing my hands, but maybe just start doing all the protocols to basically keep that stuff away from you. Because at the end of the day, man, it could hit any family at any time. And it could wipe out some families, you know what I mean? So it depends on how it hits you, so. What about yeah. you, Moses?
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, no, man, just hearing everyone's uh, perspective on it just it just makes me think about how I felt about it at the beginning. And honestly, I, I'm, I was kind of a mixed bag when I heard about it, right? I was just kind of like, man. Is this thing really real or, you know, is it just some propaganda that's happening? But, you know, um, as as the fear that was roaming around through people's social media, texting each other, you know, getting some word of essentially a martial law happening and you know everybody tightening down and rushing to get
0: toilet paper
3: and Lysol and bleach you know the the scurry that was happening around the world and the country it really made you think like oh my gosh what you know what are we really dealing with here and the and the government and the, the state shuts down shut down so that you know that really uh made me think okay this might be a little more serious than I thought it was and then uh it just makes you think really, you know, um, something that starts over in another continent is able to make it over to your home within a matter of three months. It's just, it just kind of made it big picture for me of how, you know, globalization is, you know, where we're all literally interconnected with within the times that we're now flights are flying everywhere. You can catch a germ in Africa and it could be in the United States in in a month. Just, uh, so it just it just really heightened my awareness of just of either self and just a, a surrounding and just really you know try to be more conscientious of exactly you know where I was at in the world and what I was touching and just try to follow the rules as best as I can to to stay you know to stay abreast and stay alive because uh with with our industry we were we were still deemed necessary or essential workers so uh, I was actually able to work throughout the pandemic and kind of see the surge of. The hospital's getting pumped with patients. Uh, it was uh, definitely eye-opening, but, um, you know, but we're still going through it, and I just really hope everyone takes heed to it and really follows the rules and tries to be safe.
2: Most, uh, hey, I would say uh, before, before we move on, I just want to say, like, what, what is the whole – I never really got the whole thing on taller paper, like – Everybody went out and started buying toilet paper. I still don't get the reality of buying toilet paper. What was the <laughs> point of it? Like, like it ain't it ain't like this disease is gonna make you like sick or something where you I, need toilet paper, a tons of toilet paper. Like, I never
0: nah. Got that's it. an excellent I question. I never
2: got it. I think I never got more it. More
0: so of like doomsday preppers, people um, over buying, making sure that they have enough in abundance where they can't where if they can't go to a Grocery store or can't go to a certain place. They have plenty hunkered but, down at their house to. But you, you know can, what I mean to sustain. But you can
2: use a, You can use. You go use a wash rag though. You can <laughs> use a wash rag. Like, <laughs> no, agent, agent, agent. You can use a wash right. rag. Yeah, you can use a wash right. rag, and then you can wash it off. Absolutely,
3: it off. if if, like if toilet lie. paper was that much of a necessity, right? You could definitely use a wash rag or jump in the shower. That's exactly yeah, what, what I thought too, Adrian. But look, 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 look at it. Look I think at it. This social way. media.
0: No, yeah, no, I no,
3: think, no, 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 I not, not really, Adrian. Not really, Casey. So look at it this way, Adrian. This is the way I look at it. So there, there, there's a, there's a, there's a tracking on how and what people buy pretty much each and every day and like target and amazon and walmart and everybody they know the essential necessities that people get right and i think brian and chase will probably be able to test this it's like if you're about to tell people they're going to be sitting at home and people are going to be sitting at home with their children and their kids and their kids are going to be making a lot more messes and a lot more issues and a lot more things going on don't want to be running to the store to grab these essentials such as toilet paper paper towels and xyz i believe this was the frenzy and the and in, in, in what happened with everybody getting all these cleaning supplies because they wanted to have like say said an abundance of it so therefore they had not have to run out because imagine you running out of toilet paper paper towel and your kids are all over the house causing ruckus and a mess now you got to get in your knees and get a bucket and get a towel and you know they just wanted to make sure they had enough of the essentials and they could go shop for the rest of the remaining of the stuff and as soon as one person caught heed to it, it became every parent and every household wanted the exact same stuff. So, uh, you're absolutely right, Adrian. If if it was about toilet paper that badly, just go jump
2: in the shower. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I'm just being I was, honest. Like, go ahead, I mean, Brian. I think
1: the world, I think the world just panicked. I mean, I think it's something nobody ever seen, and they panic. Like yeah. Moses was saying, like, saw one person grabbing it, and then everybody just panicked and started grabbing it because they didn't know. what what was next? So I think the world just
0: panicked.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can I can uh, confess I was one of the
2: ones in there buying <laughs> toilet papers so, yeah.
1: and all so, that stuff.
2: So- you brought all the toilet paper up and that's the reason why I couldn't go in there and get no toilet paper. I, <laughs> yeah. I brought,
0: like, I'm not going to lie five. either. I brought like $1,200 worth of grocery in
2: like two three weeks. I was panicking too. Bro. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think everybody was
0: panicking. What is going but I, on? I think, I think the
2: craziest thing, the, one of the craziest thing to me though is, is that I don't know if you guys seen some of the restaurants, you know, our, our fast food restaurants. Like, they was running out with meat too as well during this time yeah. so it was like the craziest thing ever like, like everybody was getting hit but it was just saying, like to me I never got toilet paper the meat shortage I got that but the toilet yeah. paper it still goes over my head
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, the, funny, awesome. the funny thing still to this day you can go to grocery stores and the toilet paper aisle will still be empty yes,
2: yeah. yes. And <laughs> and it's, it's,
0: still a,
1: it's still a limit on how many you can buy
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah. I think it's just supply and demand. You know what I mean. More people yeah. wanted toilet paper at that time than they were producing. Um, just to, uh, I guess, to continue with the topic we've been talking about, uh, just wanted to touch base with um, how the pandemic is affecting sports, and are we going to have sports this year? What's the deal? What do y'all think?
2: Um, I would say, I would say sports is going to come back. I think sports, I hate to say it, is the meat and potatoes. Honestly, I um I think I may have said this to somebody before or earlier. Football is one of football is America's sport. So at the end of the day, I think because it only lands one day out of the one day out of the week, and sometimes two days out of the week. And obviously we got Monday night football, but they can they can always shut it down to two days out of the week. They're gonna have football. Football is gonna be played no matter what. I think no if fans or buts about it. They're going to play football. All the other sports, they they taking precautionary. Like basketball is kind of like got the, got, the, got the best model, you would say. But being, just imagine like being away from your family like, oh, like for literally like three weeks, four weeks. That's kind of tough, you know, especially with dudes just having newborn kids and things like that. So I think football will happen, but I don't know about the other sports.
1: I, I believe all the sports will come back. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a business. Um everybody's trying to make money. Um, so I definitely it'll be back in
2: the next window B.O.? what do you think?
1: I wanna say probably like the next month or two months.
2: You think all I supposed was... to be back in two months?
1: I mean I think it's a possibility, uh because okay. you gotta look at football. Uh a lot of people post a report with next month.
2: Uh yeah, college up... post You're report in the... next month. Yep.
3: Uh you have
1: some college teams that's training right now. Um uh, so mm-hmm. So I mean I think it'll be back.
3: It's a business. Um, it's a money. It's a major money problem. So it'll be back. Yeah, uh, man. Sports, right? Uh, we, we we realize how much we miss them when they're gone. Um, I think that they will make a return, but it's you know it's all about um, how it comes back, right? You wanted to come back safely. You wanted to come back slowly you wanted to come back with a with the with the progress and with a process so um you want to play football do but do you want to play football in an empty stadium does it take away from the experience and the the pressure and you know the the, the heightened sense of things you you want to play basketball does that crunch time shot have its effect if there's nobody in the stands <laughs> cheering and yelling yes. at your name that affect yes. you so um it, it it's kind of it's kind of up in the air right now but but for our viewers at home who are stuck at home right now we're itching we're itching for for sports we 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 want our sports back we we love our sports we love our athletes but uh i think i think the most important thing is making sure that we also think and care about the athletes and and their well-being so um i i think if there's a clear safe path moving forward i'm all for sports i'm all for it but if not um, let's just do the human thing first, right? Let's let's take care of each other. Let's take care of ourselves. Let's take care
0: of the players. Yeah, I'm kind of piggybacking off what you guys said too, and I kind of touched on this earlier today where um, I think the NBA's program that's about to start up in July is kind of going to be a test run for everyone else. If the NBA's able to keep those guys safe and not have too many people test positive, I think that'll – make the other leagues feel more comfortable but what I'm worried about and the issue that you might run into is God forbid what happens when a LeBron James gets sick and you know not necessarily die but he has some type of um, serious health issue from COVID you know what I mean or the guys that are bigger than the franchise what happens if they get sick you know what I mean so um,
2: it's gonna be interesting, man. It's, it's what what interesting. y'all think about? I say, what y'all think about this though? I mean, football football has a football has more players on the field at one time than any other sport. Mm-hmm. So it's almost it's almost literally. I know I I have t- heard people talk about how it's gonna be like no media on the field for sure. And then if they do with, with with fans, it's going to be limited fans and all this other stuff. But like, that's still inside of a inside of a stadium where there's going to be roughly around like six thousand people, like sitting on top of each other. And I don't know what you did last night, and you don't know what they did last night, and it just goes all the way around. So it's kind of crazy thinking about it. And like, somebody can easily get one one person coming in there sick, and then the whole stadium can get it. With the, like Moses said earlier. Like, literally, just one, just that one germ that, that can go. They're around probably so going
0: to be, it's probably going to be measures in place with testing people, temperatures, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think, I don't think people are in the stands next year, me personally. I you think, think they so? play, I think they play just the games kind of in a bubble away from everybody, shutting down the unnecessary. But people. we're at
2: though, but we're at though, because every, every state like Arizona, he was talking about doing it in Arizona. Arizona I, still spikes in cases, though.
0: Yeah. The states that are low, um, there are a few places that don't have that many cases. You know what I mean? Or you got to think about think- like New York, where New York's already peaked and plateaued. And then, you know what I mean? So they're not increasing.
2: But you got to also think about if you're putting all 30 teams there, all 32 teams that are at one location. Mm. That's a lot of people, bro. Yeah, it is
0: definitely. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It is a lot of people.
2: <laughs> it's a lot of people. That's almost it just just imagine dudes gonna want to bring their family. Like for example, if I just had a baby or whatever, you think yeah, I, I would want to? I would want my my family to come with me.
1: So my question is that like, if you are, if you are one of the guys that had a baby, do you sit out? Like, what do you do? I mean, oh, I, I was reading crazy. an article that was they were saying like some people can sit out and not get penalized because they don't
0: feel safe.
2: Are you saying something?
0: Yes, I don't know, man. It's difficult, and you know, I think because this disease is a novel disease, we don't know that much about it. I think there's a more heightened sense of fear. You know what I mean? Um, It's not. It's
1: not that difficult. It's it's a novel disease that's taking people's
3: lives, and if, if you either go out there and play and risk your life, or you sit back home and protect it. So there's there's no waivers? basketball. There's no basketball or football or baseball if you're not healthy. We all know this. Every sport is is your 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 best ability is your availability. If you're sick, you're not playing. So do well, I mean.
0: sign waivers? What happens when LeBron James tests positive in the finals? He has to sit out for 14 days. You know what I mean? <laughs>
3: It's, it's not good, what do you mean what happens? He sits out if, if he decided he
0: wanted to play, he sits out he sits out his team loses. that was his choice yeah i just don't i don't i don't by him being the face of basketball, I just you know what i mean I don't know what you mean please explain I, I mean by him being him being the n b a and everybody wants to see him play and him being such a cash cow that they're they're not going to want LeBron James to sit out for two weeks. With three games left to go in the finals, that has
3: no bearing on health. You can't make somebody play if they're not if they're dying.
0: <laughs> now you,
1: you sound like a fan monger who just wants to see LeBron James play.
0: You don't care. Well, my about thing yourself. is, you got to protect is, the
1: players. You have
3: to protect the players. Is,
0: but this can be avoided. What? You know, an injury can't be avoided. That's I mean, you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying, like
3: this can be avoided too if it's a novel disease that's
0: affecting people at a high rate and invisibly. I'd have to I'd, I'd have to disagree because you come in contact with somebody that you don't know have it, and they don't know they have it. Exactly.
3: You know this is how. This is exactly why. Exactly why you have to agree because you can never know where you're going to get it. There are people walking around asymptomatic who LeBron them can get it from, and it puts them at risk to spreading it around to the rest of the league and having people have symptoms and show symptoms and be sick and be having to be self quarantined. Now, when you're sick, the protocol is self quarantined So LeBron's gonna have to sit out for 14 days. He misses the whole play, the whole championship, and now you're mad because you didn't see your favorite player play in the game because, oh, it could have been prevented if they never started to play anymore in, in the first place.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's, 2020 has been an interesting year, man.
3: <laughs> yes, I'm, 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 I'm ready to turn in my uh my, my, <laughs> my, my, my free trial. I, I want to start over. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right about that. 2020 has been a, a strange year.
0: Um, but uh anything else you guys wanna add on that topic before we transition to the last topic of the evening. Mm-hmm. All, right, man, All right, I'm gonna play a little music while we get set up. Yo, D
1: Smoke. D smoke one time. Could you please Super good, all is right, right, um, official. I got these other niggas in quite i
0: bit of a out. because they bitch the push and paint off the Get off of the to. Uh, Just open up the floor, man, and and see if there's anything you guys want to talk about or bring up or what's going on with you in your daily lives. So um, I know, Adrian, you said you might have had something you want to talk about.
2: Self-love, man. Uh, I think this is the time we should just uh, let out something that, you know, that we should just give our our thoughts on. I think self-love. You got to love yourself at at all costs. Um, You look in the mirror every day and see yourself. Other people around ain't going to hate you and what we're kind of going through right now with everything that's going on with the whole black lives matter movement from everything. I mean, you just got to love yourself. It's called self-love. And I just wanted to say, make sure you guys have that self-love.
0: Anybody else want to throw anything in there? Mo, Brian. (gasps) Hey,
3: yeah, Adrian, man. Great, great, um, great advice on that, man. Uh, a lot of a lot of people forget to 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 love on themselves and to take care of self first because if you don't have yourself or have your your health, you can't help anybody else. So uh, what I what I what I would say that I'd add in I guess as it's kind of my gem or two sense is um you know uh really really treat people the way you like to be treated. You know, I, I think we've all heard that proverb or heard this this these wise words said by people before, and you know, and we we tend to just hear it and let it go in out the other ear. But um, we're all humans. We all bleed. We all shed. We all have feelings, and we all you know want the same things. You know, safety, security, you know, love and and attention and all that. So, just make sure every day you're out there, you really put an effort to you know check on your neighbor, check on your loved ones, and, and really be reciprocal in the way that, you know, that you that you would like to be treated. So, you know, treat people the way you like to be treated and uh, always uh, respect one another.
1: Cool, cool. Well, I, just want, I just want to leave y'all with a quote, one of my favorite quotes uh, by Dr. Martin Luther King, which I always go by. It says, the time is always right to do the right thing. So
2: that, that's a that's a big quote that
0: I go by every day. Sweet, hey man, you Long guys break. said some said some powerful things there, man. I don't, I really can't follow up with that, man. Um, I think you said the things you guys said at the end are important for us, and it's important for our country right now. Uh, we all needed the issues we're facing, and, and um. I'm glad that we kind of got this platform now to talk to each other and and put down how we feel, man. I think I think the opp this platform or this podcast has an opportunity to grow into something special that we could look back on when we get old and, and reminisce and all that stuff. Um, so uh, this is uh, lunch with the bros. Signing out, our first podcast in the book. Look forward to many more to come. Thank you for your time. Peace. Yo, yo. What's up?
1: What What's up, what up?
0: What's up man? Not much, buddy. What's going on? Nothing. Hey, so we are here at Lunch with the Bros, episode 2, and uh it's me Chase and Brian BO on here. We got some friends that are going to join in here in a few minutes. What's going on, Brian?
1: Not much, man. How you doing, man?
0: Uh, just relaxing, man. Relaxing. Um, I think Moses is joining in here, too. One of my other brothers. What's up, man? Hey, What's going on? All right. Uh, so um, we got a few topics we want to touch on today, man. Some stuff that's trending in sports and just some other issues in the U.S. Uh, the first topic we want to talk about is Cam Newton joining the New England Patriots. Wow, it's crazy, right? <laughs>
1: wow, that was a that was a big
0: that was a big sign right there. Um,
1: I think that's going to change Cam Newton Newton career. Um, yeah. I think Belichick is going to do a lot of a lot of things, for I do. Um, I'm actually kind of happy
0: he signed with uh, the Patriots. Yeah, and then the other topic we were going to touch on is like, what was the recruiting process for you? we all kind of come from different backgrounds and kind of had a different uh, story or different path that we took. And then um, finally, I wanted to just kind of talk about um, why do you feel it's important to mentor young men and kind of what does that look like to you? So let's kind of take a step back and go back to the Cam Newton joining the Patriots. What do you think about that, Moses?
3: I think it's a very exciting move. I think it's actually going to be um, some of Cam Newton's probably greatest years in the NFL. Um, just from uh organization standpoint, uh, maturity standpoint, just he's had success early on in his career in uh, North Carolina. But... To be with an organization like the New England Patriots and a coach like Bill Belichick, I feel that he's just going to be surrounded with excellence and he's going to have to fall in line. I mean, don't get it twisted. Cam Newton's a great athlete, a great quarterback himself. But him in an organization like the Patriots with Bill Belichick, I believe it only, you know, makes him two times better. Uh, They still have a lot of work yet to do it's a lot of you know a lot of football yet to be seen can he can he learn the playbook fast enough can he produce fast enough but if this is uh something that he really grabs onto and holds by the reins and uh rides it really well I think he can have a lot of success in New England and and I think you know on both parts I think New England's also saying hey it's a great opportunity to come in here Let's see what you can do. We'll give you a one-year shot at trying to, you know, make a big deal. And um, I mean, I'm just uh, – I'm really looking forward to see how he handles
0: himself in that new uh, environment and to see if he can excel. Yeah, yeah, you hit some key points. What about you, Brian? What about you, Brian? Oh, that's all right. I'll stuck in. It. Yeah, he must have had some – connection issues we lost them yeah Yeah. hey so what i kind of wanted to say yeah just to piggyback off what you said man i think cam newton joining the patriots is huge man i think it's a win win for cam newton i think it's a win-win for the patriots because the patriots are going to teach cam newton or that culture he's going to be in a culture where it's team first individual second I think they're going to show him what it takes to win. You know what I mean? Um, Negatively. um, I think, and I think for, and I think Belichick gets an athlete, If Cam Newton's healthy. He gets an athlete or a player that can take over games with his arm or his leg. You know what I mean? And I'm interested to see how they capitalize that in the new England Patriots offense. I know it's going to, you know, because there's no OTAs, it'll take them a little time to pick it up and and understand it completely. But I'm I'm excited about you know seeing those guys when they get on the field how they perform. Um, Cam, is well, so- well, you know the the
3: funny the funny thing Chase is too is you know the New England Pagers, right? They they had, they're coming off a almost 20 year run of excellent football play with. Um, one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, and if not the greatest coaches of all time, Bill Belichick. So it's it's very hard to tell your fan base, you know what, we're just going to hit the reset button and rebuild and hit you guys with three or four years of some terrible football culture after we've just been excellent for so long. So it, it was almost, it was almost like, written in the walls that they had to go get some type of exciting player, some type of player that can come in and impact the game right away. Some player that has some notoriety. And, uh, um, you know, I, I believe that Cam Newton fit the bill on that aspect. Now it's all exciting news now, still a whole, whole lot of work to be done. But if, if, if you just put it alone on his shoulders, we've seen Cam Newton be able to impact the game as you so said earlier through his arm with his legs and he can, you know, he can even block, He's just a big physical man that is just an incredible athlete and that can literally take games over as soon as he gets hot. So um, to really be able to see him put into a system where he actually learns the actual game of football on another level and then also when he kind of is able to get more comfortable and interject some of those Cam Newton-esque kind of, you know, moments, it's it's really going to be uh, 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 fun and exciting to watch. And then you think about (laughs) –
0: go ahead. I'm sorry, Brian.
1: Oh no, I was just saying, do you think um I think it'll be a learning curve for Bill Belichick too. I mean, coming with one of the greatest play, uh football players, the quarterback at Tom Brady, uh going to Cam Newton, who's more mobile, who can get outside of the pocket, I think it's gonna be a learning curve for him too.
0: Well, I think Belichick's specialty is adjusting. I think that's what separates him from the other coaches is when he goes into um, halftime and a team's doing a certain thing, I think his organization or him him leading that organization, they have the ability to figure out what you're doing and to stop it or figure out something that you can't stop and continue to give you that same play in a different formation or a different look. Um, that's what I think is what makes Belichick special and that's why I think he'll be able to adjust with Cam Newton and plus I wanted to kind of throw in there in 2015, uh, Cam Newton had one of the best defenses in the NFL. And, you know, last year the Patriots statistically were the number one defense in the NFL. So I think if he can if he can stay healthy and then they put out that, that, that top defense on the field every Sunday, it's going to be tough to beat them. Now, I'm not saying that they can beat Patrick Mahomes, but I'm saying that I think that they can make the playoffs and maybe do a little damage in the playoffs.
3: Look, look, look! Playoffs and everything, you know. Look, we, we don't. I'm not gonna say I got the crystal ball and can look down the field that far, but but one one thing I think is is you have to re- you look at when you look at the combination of this player Cam Newton, who's an individual, and this coach Belichick, who's all about team. If you think about it, everyone's taking almost a hometown discount to come play for this coach. Now, partially it was because of the outfit that he had with Tom Brady at the helm, leading the team. But now it's going to be an interesting synergy to see if these two individuals can combine and who is going to be the top dog or the bigger head and really who's going to prevail. But if Cam Newton can really buy into the Belichick system and understand what winning ways looks like, then I, I, I can sign and maybe playoffs or something, but, uh, it's it's just gonna be almost that kind of fairy so you tale think story or, or, that, or that or that, or that kind of yeah yeah it's, it's just it's just gonna be one of those soap opera kind of things where we're gonna be excited to watch the the, the Patriots all season like what's going on is Cam okay is Belichick cutting him off is he not doing well but but as, in terms of a starter he he's the guy he's the guy to start
0: yeah is there anything else you want to throw in, in there Brian before we head to the next question um no I think we're good um I, I just wish Cam looked the best
1: luck of luck. Mm.
0: All right, so the next question or topic we kind of wanted to talk on because we all kind of came from different um, backgrounds and had, like I said, different paths to into college and all that stuff. And I just wanted to talk or touch base with each one of you and ask what was the recruiting process like for you and any advice you would want to give somebody going through it, moving forward. So um, one of y'all can just take the floor whenever you want to and we can go from there.
1: Um. Well, I would say for me the recruiting process was – was crazy. Um, I started as a true freshman on varsity, and um, they were looking for big things for me, but I couldn't get the grades, or my mind was all over the girls, and it kind of like messed up the recruiting process for me. Uh, I ended up getting letters and some letters, but I ended up going to a D2 school, uh, Livingstone, and then transferred from there to a junior college. Um, I think the recruiting process was a little different for me. Than you guys um most i know it was pretty difficult for you so i'll let you speak on that
3: uh right right we're and, and just to reframe the question i believe that we're, we're talking about the recruiting process coming out of high school going into college and uh, trying to essentially find your path into adulthood um so uh speaking on that i think the recruiting process for me i was able to jump. Uh, in high school to two different high schools I went to a a public high school and then I went to a private high school and The reason I jumped to a private high school I felt that it would give me better or more exposure into the uh the college realm and to, you know to be able to get you know better looks at going to the next level and playing sports or football or or whatever sport I was you know trying to excel in um and that kind of that kind of backfired on me a little bit because although I was doing well on the field and catching all the accolades and, you know, MVPs and and all conference and everything, I don't believe that the exposure that I was seeking was what I was, uh, initially getting. So, um, I believe that, uh, when you're doing the recruiting process, it's important to understand that exposure and catching your film is, it's very, it's very important in terms of getting it out there. If if your school has the connections, so be it perfect. That's fine. But it's also important that you must also look at it almost as an, an individual investment in yourself, meaning get your film, make sure you always put yourself in the best foot forward, share it out with whoever you need to, uh, if you have those connections or if you don't, uh, additional to what your coach can do. So, for me, um, I got a couple letters from a couple big schools. Offering day comes around. Uh, didn't really pan out as I expected. My grades were good. Uh, so, therefore, I ended up taking my my talents to a Division three school uh, right outside of uh, – on the outskirts of Maryland near, near West Virginia, a school called Frostburg. Uh, decided to play there for one year. And then, you know, the competition wasn't what I thought it was. I, I was excelling at that level. And then I remember that I was um, – my dream was always to go D1. So after that one year at a D3, I decided to transfer over to University of Maryland um, as a recruited walk-on and just essentially, you know, get it get it how I how I got it and really worked my butt off and was then able to uh, have a great career at the University
0: of Maryland okay okay um just to follow up on you guys um kind of for me the recruitment process i wouldn't say that i was highly recruited i probably was like a four-star guy um not the best linebacker in the country but one one of the top linebackers in the country i think for me and what a lot of people get caught up in it. ooh
3: four star, four star. Of, I don't yeah. know if me and Brian had any stars. might <laughs> have been I might have been zero
0: stars. I was zero, zero stars, but I that, played like
2: a five star. Yeah, and boy, that's, that's funny. That's right funny. Right yeah,
0: now. that you wanted to say that. And That's what I kind, of, what I was kind of going into is that those stars don't mean anything once you get to a college. All the colleges are going to tell you, "Oh, you're the best thing since sliced bread. You're the best this. You're the best that." But once you get on that campus, you have to find a niche or something that separates you from the competition. Everybody's athletic. Everybody's strong. They can run. They can jump. You know what I mean? They're the best of the best. So uh, you have to have a good work ethic. And that's why I'm kind of thankful by going to University of Maryland, our coach Ralph Friesen instilled that into us as far as, like, we're going to work every day. We're going to go out on that field. And we're going to earn um, your respect and we're going to try to earn a victory. Um, The recruiting process can be hectic. I know now uh, when we were going through it, you know, you had to have a coach put your name out there or send your film Mm -hmm. to a college where now a lot of guys are uh, getting their own film and sending it to all the coaches all throughout the country and trying to get them exposure. And a lot of guys are being recruited at a much younger age you know what i mean i see guys that are what 11 lebron 12 having offers now which is to me which is crazy who knows what will I mean, happen seven years from now i mean you look
1: um, at lebron james son uh, he got an offer from duke i think he was like in the
0: seventh eighth grade yeah which kind yeah, of which kind of incredible which kind of piggybacks off what i'm saying is how do you know how good he'll be four years from now you know what i mean he might get to college and right. not want to work as hard as some other guy that's a uh, one-star recruit, but the one-star recruit might be better because he has more work ethic. He has the intangibles or whatever it takes to to be a better player to succeed at that next level. Right. Nah, that's an excellent point. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is they, they're being found, like you said, Chase,
3: you know, compared to how when we came out with the recruiting process and It was always mostly through your athletic director or through your head coach's connections and what schools kind of recruited in your hometown area. So but nowadays they have the thing called huddle and essentially these kids get to take all their their highlight films, all their type, their good plays and create a a highlight reel to then share through either social media or through the Internet or via email to any university that they want. And and now the, the way that, that their reach is so much greater than it was when, back when we were growing up. So um the recruiting process now I can only imagine, you know, how how these parents and these kids are, are, are navigating this. It seems like a lot to me. But uh, also with that being said, um uh, we <laughs> we we didn't have um uh, all all of that stuff going back. And, and yet again, you know, so, so with the coaches, you know, if you're not first, you're last. Right. So the big thing, even in all sports, it's, it's, you, you're trying to get that potential uh, of talent. Like, like Brian was talking about LeBron James. Everyone's looking for that Kobe Bryant. Everyone's looking for that Kevin Garnett. Everyone's looking for that LeBron James. And, and, you know, that talent that you can't necessarily teach anything to except see him evolve and get better and better. So this is why they're they're offering at such an early age. It's almost like a gamble and they hope that their gamble pans
0: out. So uh, it's very interesting.
3: And I, I, wanna,
0: I wanted to throw one other point in there. I'm sorry, just to um, follow up some more with what you guys were saying. I think it's very important not to get caught up in uh, uh, not maximizing your talent and finding the best school that, that fits for you because football isn't everything or basketball isn't everything. You're not going to – there's going to – a point in time where you can't dribble or you can't tackle somebody anymore so you need to have that degree so you need to find a school if you want to be an engineer you need to go to the best school in the country the best engineering program if you want to be you know a lawyer you need to find the best school in the best the best school in the country with the best um, criminal justice or lawyer program you know what i mean so i think that's very important that people get caught up so much in the recruiting. Oh, I want to be the best player. I want to go to the NFL. That they forget about all the other opportunities that could come from recruiting and how it's going to open different gateways for you later in life?
1: Yeah. yeah, Chase, I would have to say, you got a good point about that. Uh, Like you said, uh, find the best school to fit what you want to do in the after the ball, stop, stop rolling, stop bouncing. You stop tackling the best school that's going to be able to make you be able to excel in that next level. So I think you have a great point about, about that. Good point.
3: Nah, Yeah. No, nah, no, nah. those are all excellent points, but let's, let's, let's be real. Came them. <laughs> out, when, them schools, when them schools came out and they said Duke, NC state, North Carolina, Maryland, and them coach in Maryland said you could start next year. Yeah. What 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 light bulb went off in your head? Oh, I'm gonna yeah. start. I'm gonna go to the league. I, I I ain't got time to be sitting on no bench. Hey, but
0: I think they, they tell everybody home, right? that. Moji. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. That's a,
3: that's and, and the thing. And guess what? And, and guess what? And guess what? And guess what? And we eat it up like soup. So yeah. I mean, that's so the thing. Yes. I, I every everything you're saying is is absolutely true. It's gonna be hard to really get us to think as student athletes because they look at us as athletic students correct so it's very important it's very important to put the student portion first and that's something where i think parents have to try to instill and teach that into their kids because even in high school you don't play the sport unless you're eligible to play you don't get in college unless you're eligible to get into college so school is a big aspect of being an athlete and I think one time, sometimes when, they, when these uh, schools and give you scholarships and make you feel really fluffy and good, they take away that student portion away and make it really easy. And they just want you to focus on sports because sports is a big business for them. So it's important that we instill in the kids and the children that, yes, although you are going to be a great athlete at this university, do not forget that you, your playing days are coming faster than your working days than your actual real life days. So they're numbered.
0: Remember, be a student first. All right. Well, thank you guys for all your good points. We're gonna switch over to the last question. Uh, pretty much, just wanted to talk about uh, how important is it to mentor the youth, and kind of what does that look like. I'm open up the floor and just let whoever wants to go first, and we can just go from there. You want to start it, Brian?
1: Yeah, I'll start it. I mean, I think mentor is, is very important uh, to the youth. Um, back in the day, I wish I had a mentor to to guide me into things that I didn't know. Um, I actually uh, mentor uh, kids for an AU program called the Design Warriors, where we take uh, kids and we teach them basketball, and also we teach them more things, more than basketball. We teach them, like a lot about life skills. We teach them about credit. Uh, we teach them about why it's important to have good grades in school um like we always say the basketball don't, the basketball or football don't don't lose forever um a majority of the people don't pay, play more than what maybe ten years if they make it to the league
0: I'd and say then, three I'd say three
1: well three even fewer even fewer than that yeah i mean three well three years i mean like I said, but like you said, like we talked about earlier, you gotta have something to fall back on to. And we never know. One of these kids that we mentoring could be the, like the next president of the United States. So I think mentoring is very important.
0: Chuck, what do you think? i would go ahead and follow up, man. I wish um, Adrian was on here with us tonight, but he had a, uh, I guess a personal matter he to take care of. But I wanted to thank him for what he does, for what he do every day. He's like a teacher assistant or helps um, with the inner city youth and kids. And he, he do a really good job of um, really, I guess they look up to him because he looks like them, and you know he played in the NFL and all that good stuff. And he, but he does a really good job of helping the kids and trying to keep them on the right path. No, uh,
1: no, nah, nah, he still got that baby face. He ain't got no howling
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I just think, man, we need, we need more mentors. We need more leaders. We need more men helping, reaching back, helping others like you said Brian showing them what cuz I had no idea even, until you know I got out of college about building credit or assets liabilities things like that I think we need more men showing kids the right way I think if we get more people doing that the world would be a much better place um what that looks like I, what that looks like I would say is um First, starting with your family, helping the people in your family that might be having some issues, whether it be getting into trouble, doing minor things, small things. And then I would say once you help those in your family, then transition into like a Big Brothers program or some local community program where you can teach them and show them the right way to do things and show them what, you know, that their actions have consequences moving forward. That's kind of what I wanted to throw in
1: there. I mean, just like the Boys and Girls Club. I mean, everybody can go down to Boys and Club Club, Girls clubs to help out. Like Just simple things that we can help yeah. to help these kids.
0: And I think a little, it just any little help goes a long way. You know what I mean? It might not yeah. seem like you're doing much, but there were people in my life that told me little small things or tried to point me in the right direction that helped me later on in life you know what i mean yep yeah
3: absolutely um i mean look the way i look at it is is this right as human beings we are impressionable since birth right All, all we do is mimic and copy things that we feel are are right or are good so anytime that you can get someone who's been somewhere before you to go ahead and give you some type of advice, some type of handout, some type of uh, example of what to do and how to do it. It's it's always good. Um, growing up, I think each one of us, whether it was a parent or someone that decided to pour into us because they felt that we were special or they saw something in us, uh, was essentially a mentor, and like you said, Chase. Even just a little tidbit of advice, one word, supportive words. You know, all these little things, or just them, or just the way they carried themselves, and you and you gravitated towards that person, and said, "Yeah, I want to be like that person." Um, it's it's uh, it's it's like you said. Sometimes even the littlest things, but uh, being a mentor, just kind of giving back and feeding and pouring into uh, the youth. I believe it's it's so important. I believe that's kind of the, the cycle of life and uh, any opportunity that I get to, to do it, I always try to take it head on and, and, and uh, really take it seriously. So that's my take
0: on it. All right. So we're coming to a conclusion here. Just kind of a new thing I wanted to add and moving forward, we kind of want to do just a final thoughts or one last little key point you want to get out there. Is there anything you guys want to throw in there?
1: Um, I just want to throw this in uh, a quote Uh, it goes like this I am me nothing more nothing less and that's enough so I take that quote as if I'm happy with myself then it gives me confidence to do whatever I want to do in life so as a as a young kid if you're happy with yourself nobody can ever take that from you or take that confidence from you
0: that's good that's a good one Brian what about you Moses
1: uh
3: shoot so that's a really good one Brian um i'd say to the to the youth or the kids out there um you know be yourself and be confident in yourself because uh there's all there's only one you so
0: make sure you always be yourself and uh the quote i wanted to throw in there is uh this is from Gandhi this is a Gandhi quote i'm sure you guys heard this one before Be the change you wish to see in the world. And kind of what that means to me is um, you can't fix the world. You can't fix no one else until you fix yourself first. So you got to look at yourself, look at things you need to change, things that you could do better. And then once you get yourself right, then you can help others or try to help others, not judge them, but help get them on the right path. I think that's huge with all the things that are going on in the world right now. That if each one of us just stop for a minute and say, hey, what could I do better? What could I do better to be a be- a better human? What can I do to help someone else? I think that would go a long way. Um, can't fix the world till you fix yourself. So,
1: That's a good um, one. That's a good one.
0: That's all I got. Thank you for listening to episode two. Uh, we appreciate your time. And we'll hey, see Ch- you next. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Hey, Chase, I just want to say one thing. Hey, put that old skew music on for me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining. All right. All right. Peace, love, and prosperity.